This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. My bad, Mike. Um, I spoke too soon. Yesterday, uh, when I promised and we committed to each other to no longer discuss Kyrie Irving within the context of his not being vaccinated, uh, little did we know that he would take to IG yesterday and for the first time since he asked us to respect his privacy on media day uh, use his own words to describe his mindset this isn't about me and it's not about me dispelling uh, you know what's being said about me particularly or for anybody it's just saying you know I'm standing with all those that uh, you know believe in what's right and are doing what's right for themselves you know, everybody has a personal choice with their lives. Um, you know, everybody has a right to feel a certain type of way. Everybody's entitled to their own opinions. Everybody's entitled to, to do what they feel is best for themselves, you know, and, and putting me as a hero or painting me as a villain, sort of say, or going against the vaccine mandates. Like, that wasn't, that wasn't my intent at all. And to be sitting in this seat here and seeing you know, the way that this is dividing our world up, you know, being vaccinated or being unvaccinated, uh, you know, it's just sad to see. Uh, it's, it's creating a lot of division, a lot of confusion, you know, a lot of people saying things that are untrue. Um, we're not giving space for each other to speak. You know, you got doctors out here working hard, physicians out here working hard, and um, everybody's trying to do what's best for them and their families, which I respect. And I'm always going to put that first. Don't believe that I'm retiring. Don't believe that, you know, I'm going to give up this game uh, for a vaccine mandate or staying unvaccinated. Don't believe any of that, man. Like, like really be aware of what's being said uh, before I even get a chance to be on the podium and speak for myself. You know what I'm saying? Like, all these people saying all these things about what's going on with me, and it's just not true. Pay attention to what's going on out in the real world. You know, people are losing their jobs to these mandates. Uh, people are having to make choices with their own lives, which I respect. You know, and and I don't want to um, sit here and, and play on people's emotions either. Just use logic. You know, what would you do? You know, if, if you felt uncomfortable going into the season uh, when you were promised that you would have exemptions, or that you didn't have to be forced to get the vaccine. For some odd reason, you know, people love to have my name in the mix of just some BS. <laughs> like, just hearing the way people speak so, con you know, with so much conviction about what I should be doing in my life and, and what, you know, my teammates should be feeling about me, what the organization be feeling about me. And to be honest with you, if you really know me, I mean, and you see what I do out there, I put in a lot of time into my craft. You know, I, I don't, I'm not sitting here to give y'all information, give y'all a whole bunch of, you know, my wisdom beyond my years and knowledge. Now nah, I'm just here to stay real. I'm always going to stay true to me. And that's me. You know, this is my life. I get to do whatever I want with this. This is one body that I get here. One God body that I get here. 
And you telling me what to do with my body, and it has nothing to do with the organization. I'm going to put that out there. It has nothing to do with the Nets. It has nothing to do with my teammates. This has everything to do with what's going on in our world. And I'm being grouped in to something that's bigger than, than just the game of basketball. I'm a human being. I have emotions. I have feelings. I have thoughts. Uh, things that I keep to myself. Things that I share. Uh, but I'm staying grounded in what I believe in. It's just as simple as that. It's not about being anti-vax or about being, uh, you know, on one side or the other. Like, it, it's just really about being true to what feels good for me. Uh, you know, I'm still uncertain about a lot of things, that, and that's okay. You know, if I'm going to be demonized for having more questions and taking my time to make a decision with my life, then that's just what it is. Oh, Michael Smith. Michael Smith, Michael Smith. Uh, all right, so Kyrie Irving, we talked about, yeah, I know. And maybe, Mike, Mike, uh, can we have an addendum? Let's just add it. After today, <laughs> after today, we're going to put all, all kinds of clauses in it. After today, only in cases where there is news being broken, only in cases where the, the conversation shifts to something meaningful. Will we talk about this again? But after this, uh, I think we're done. So Kyrie Irving said a lot last night. As Michael Smith would say, he said a lot there. And I wrote some of them down again. He said, this is not about him being the hero or the villain. He said, this is dividing up our world. It's creating division and confusion. Um, he's not anti-vax. He's not pro-vax. He says he's being grouped into. He's being grouped into a category. On and on. And as I listened to him speak, you know what? I, I didn't think, Mike, and, and I, I'd love to know what you think about this. I didn't say I agree with Kyrie. I disagree with Kyrie. You know what thought I had? Seriously, my thought was monologues are best served for comedians. Otherwise, if you're really trying to advance the conversation in a meaningful way, it is best to have somebody there to go back and forth, to ask you questions, to kind of make, say, to say, well, okay, well, hold on a minute. Wait, 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 wait. You said it's, you're not being political. This is not about this. It's about other people. You're not about yourself. It's bigger than you, but wait a minute. Isn't the story, isn't the story, Mike, and I just want to make sure I got this right. He said, I'm doing, I'm, I'm staying, I'm standing my ground for what I believe in. Right? And he said, standing my ground for what I believe in. I'm still uncertain. I have questions. See, if I'm there with Kyrie Irving, I say, isn't that the story? Not that I'm trying to argue with you, but I'm just trying to tease out really what you're trying to say. So yesterday, I thought, as I heard about that athletic report and those close to Kyrie Irving say he's doing this on behalf of those who don't have a, he's going to be a voice for the voiceless, all this. I bought that hook, line, and sinker. But as I listened to what he had to say, I hope I'm still on screen because my screen just went dark, but I hope you can still hear me. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're you all good. It must, all right. it, might, it, might just, all right, good. it must just be your monitor because you're all good. It's just a monitor. Okay, great. Yesterday, I thought this was Kyrie being a voice for the voice. It's not about him. It's about other people 
who really can't speak for themselves. And that's what he was trying to make a statement. But I don't think, I don't think that's not what I heard. What I heard was a lot of noises, a lot, a lot of phrases. But if I had to just grab a lead out of there, it's, I'm still not sure. I might take the vaccine. I might be back with the Nets. I love basketball. I don't want to retire. This is not about my love for the game. I don't have an issue with the organization. I still have some questions. I'm uncertain. And until I can get those questions answered, why don't y'all just let me live? Can I live? As Jay-Z once said, can I live? And then he went on, oh, you know, write to an opinion. I'm entitled to this. This is my life. I got that. Okay. I don't need to hear all that. Fine. To me, the story is not Kyrie Irving standing up for, the vo- uh, for those who don't have a voice. Because I heard a lot of I. I heard a lot about Kyrie. I didn't hear a lot of knowledge about the situation, about mandates and being required throughout the country and giving me some stories of what was happening in Chicago and what's happening in Boston and Philadelphia and Miami. What I heard was, here's a point guard in Brooklyn who's a part of a championship-level team and he's not there, and he's trying to figure out what to do next. That's what I heard. I don't know about you. Um, I heard a lot. And honestly, wait, hold on. Let me let me make sure. Hold on, let me let me make let me make sure before. I, give me one second here, before I say this. Yeah, uh, I'm looking for one. I got no more F's to give about this. Um, I got, okay. Okay. That's all I got for you. Okay. Okay, Kyrie. You got it, player. That's it. I, I, that what you heard, Michael, was a word salad, and I don't feel like adding yeah. a dressing to it. I mean, it, it's pointless at this point. This entire conversation is pointless at this point. Go with God. Kyrie and everybody like you, go with God. It's fine. I'm tapping out. Nowadays, the kids talk about tapping in. I'm tapping out because I'm tired. I'm tired of arguing with contrarians. So on this subject, it's most efficient I've well, been in the history of this show and about wait, anything. Wait, I got nope, nothing. Nope. I got, so we this can, is why, we can, we this can is pivot why. because uh, let me just say this real quick. The Nets, we talked about this yesterday. The Nets have moved on and then it went a step further where Shams reported that they aren't offering him the $187 million extension anymore. That's no longer on the table. Wow. So Breaking I'm trying news. to make That's like the sad. Nets, make like a tree and get out of here. I'm trying to make like the Nets right now and move on and talk about the guys that are there whenever you're ready. But I got nothing on Kyrie and that IG live. Well, last night. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Well, hold on. That's why I said monologues are best for comedians. <laughs> but you didn't, you didn't know you were going to have one just now. <laughs> and, 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 and look, that wasn't I know your it's intention. Not just best for me. That's why. That's why I'm going to. I'm going to go back and forth with you, and I'm going to say just like I would no, have said to Kyrie last not night. On hey, no, we're not. Hey, no, we're not. No, we're not. No, I would have Sawatskied him last Mm-mm. night. Mm-mm. Y'all listen to us. Y'all know who Sawatsky is. The interviewing guru, the interviewing master, the guy who has changed the game in, in journalism. So. I need more. I need more. I need more. Why do you want to tap out? I, I do. Why do you need to tap out? It, it, was there something he said that triggered you toward the nope. tap out? Is it something he didn't Mm-mm. say? Mm-mm. 
Is it the mm, overall no. topic? I need more information. Yes. Yes. From you. Yes. Michael Smith. Yes. I need more. Yes. It, yes. It's the topic. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. Uh, I mean, there's this. There's, we're not changing any hearts and minds at this point. Certainly not Kyrie's. Like, Kyrie going to do what he going to do. And I. Uh, be my guest, bro. Do you? Did he give you? I said yesterday. Kyrie on some. Kyrie on some other shit. That's fine. And you know what? I, I, will, I will say one thing. I will say one thing. Props I know to it, Kyrie. I know Thank at you. least to Thank this. You. Wait, no, no, no. At least to this point. At least to this point. Because he is literally put. He wants to be a voice for the voiceless. He is literally putting his money where his mouth is. So a lot of people would fold. A lot of people would would succumb and would say, you know what? I'm not missing no money. I'm not missing my checks. If it's bigger than basketball for him and he's putting his money where his mouth is, props to him for standing up with what he believe what he believes in. We're both excited for the Matrix 4, Michael, right? My uh yeah. my favorite line from the Matrix Reloaded, I believe it was. Oh, let's hear it. Was when Deadbolt Locke said to Morpheus, he said, Damn it, Morpheus, not everybody believes what you believe. And he said, my beliefs do not require mm-hmm. them to. Okay. Yeah. The other one is Cornell. Yeah. The other one is Cornell West. When he was oh, like, I thought you were going to go there. Counselor. That's my favorite I, one. I, 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 wish I, I wish I could comprehend your decision making. Comprehension is not a requisite for cooperation. So, yeah, bottom I, I line is, I, I don't have to one. see the world the way Kyrie Irving does. Okay, his beliefs do not require me to believe what he believes. That's fine. Kyrie thinks yeah. he's the one anyway. He thinks he can see the matrix. Fine. <laughs> I am not talking about this anymore. So you have the floor to say whatever you want uninterrupted. When you're ready, we can talk about the Nets and Kevin Durant and James Harden and Patty well, Mills and how deep and talented they still are and why they will have they not will yet. not miss Kyrie Irving one bit. Okay, so I'm ready when you are to okay. move on. Okay, if you, you got you that. got more out of me than I intended to give because you wouldn't let go and I appreciate you wouldn't it. let it go. I wouldn't let go. <laughs> And I may even revisit this, but I but now that you've given me the opening to talk about the Nets, whoa, huge story. I mean, Kyrie last night on IG, uh, old school, old school newspaper, uh, newspaper talk, the font, the headline, above the fold. So America at war is like '96 font, right? America at war, and then everything else is like '48. 72, maybe. Kyrie on IG last night, that's about a 48. The Nets not offering an extension to Kyrie is the 96. Because, wow, I I did not see this coming. I didn't see the Think about when we saw that video a couple of years ago that led to this, this turn of events, the series of fortunate events for the Brooklyn Nets, where Kyrie is a member of the Boston Celtics, Kevin Durant, right. a member of the Golden State Warriors. They're talking at the All-Star game they and they're sitting there yeah. chilling. And you can yeah. see Kyrie saying two, two. They got they got two yeah. max slots. We got two of them. Yeah. And everybody's like, wait yeah. a minute. Were you talking about Kevin Durant? Are you plotting? And he got really upset about it. But actually, that's what happened. Kevin Durant is in Brooklyn because of Kyrie Irving. Who would think that Kevin Durant and James Harden would be in Brooklyn with Kyrie Irving having his swan song either as a guy observing but not being a part of the team or a guy there as a part-timer or 
a guy there as a lame duck. Because uh, yeah. Brooklyn has made it clear. You made it clear. You're not going to offer him an extension. Nor should they. That's amazing. Why should, why should, and if that's the case, Why should Mike, they commit to him? Well, why should they commit to him if well, he hasn't on. committed to them? Why should they? Well, this is what I want. I, I, I'd love to give it to you. I'm going to give you a no-look pass. Just throw it to you. But I'll just say this. As I'm throwing the pass, please, y'all, Nets apologists, don't tell me when they don't win the championship. I don't want to hear it. Uh-uh. Don't tell no, me. save it. You hey, can throw me a pass. Hey, throw we could have won. No. Hey, keep it. Hey, if keep Kyrie, it. If Kyrie hadn't gone on IG, if Kyrie had done Keep this, if no. Kyrie would have been about that No, let me tell you life, something. No, no. I don't want to uh, hear you. No, now, okay. Now, now okay. You, you want the animal? Now you got the animal, okay? You, you want the smoke? Now you're getting the smoke, okay? No, no, no. I don't need your excuses. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it because here's what you don't allow for, okay? The Nets would have beat the Bucks with a healthy Harden. Forget Kyrie. A healthy Harden. More than half of Harden. Would've. They had half of Harden, yeah. okay? It was Kevin Durant's shoe size and half of Harden. With half of Harden, the, size, the Nets the beat the Bucks last the year. Size. They're not going to miss Kyrie at all. In fact, in fact, oh, in fact, you want to be honest about fact. something? You want to be honest about oh, something? Let's go. They are better off let's without go. Kyrie Irving. Come on. That's right. I Come said on, it. Cletus. I said what I said. Come on. They're better off without Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving was a luxury. Kyrie Irving was a second car that you got to maintain and take to the shop and keep gas in and wash when really all you need is the one you got, okay? Because it's a point A to point B trip, and that point B Ooh. is the NBA Finals. They don't Ooh. need Kyrie because you know what Kyrie Irving is? One less mouth to uh -huh. feed. You know what Kyrie Irving is? One less bell answer. One less egg to fry, okay? That's what Kyrie Irving is right now because they got plenty enough talent at the top and plenty of enough depth beneath it to still win the championship, okay? That's why I got excited about Patty Mills. Okay. Have you watched Cam Thomas' okay. preseason? No, because you don't really watch. You just be talking. You don't pay attention. You don't yeah. actually You don't actually watch the sports. You just got opinions. You just be talking. Have you watched Cam Thomas? Cam Thomas about to be a problem, okay? They got LaMarcus Aldridge yeah. back, okay? They still got Blake Griffin. They got Claxton. Yeah, oh, Blake Okay? Griffin. They got plenty oh, they got of guys. They got plenty of people. Ooh. Plenty of people. Blake Bruce Griffin. Brown. Okay. Oh, Bruce Brown. Pat, hey, Millsap. They got Bruce they got, Brown, y'all. They got plenty hey, of people. They, they got, got Bruce Brown. Of, and, and, hey, and they got the consensus best player in the league and James Harden. See, no, okay? So, no, I don't no, want your excuses. See, no, I don't want your excuses. No, I just want to know. Shout out to D'Angelo. How no, does it feel? How is it going to feel Ooh. when they win it without like Kyrie Tell me that. How's that going to feel? So, I don't Ooh. want your excuses. I like that reference. Trust me. We don't need them. We don't need them. Okay, how about this? We hey, family. We, we don't need family. Them. All right. Everybody, everybody within the sound of our voice, and, and Gary and Courtney and Chica and everybody else staff. I got October 14th between 317 and 319, in case you missed it. So text yourself right now when I say, hey, run that back in like January or February, run that back. For Michael Smith, you know where it is. Let's archive it right now. Let's put a little star on it. We go have that. We'll put that Bookmark aside. It. So write it down. Take a picture. I don't give any time. I don't care what you do. I don't okay. care what you do. I don't okay. care. I don't care what you do. Okay. I don't care. I don't care. Write don't. it down. Put it on a t-shirt. Hey, I don't care. So, I said what I said. So don't, but don't bring anything up. Don't bring it up. Hey, when they finish, when they finish in the second round again, losing game seven, maybe in the second round, if they're fortunate enough to get that far. Let's not talk about, hey, hey, you know, this was this was never the plan. This was never the plan. See, the plan was, see, what had happened was nope. they're supposed to have I'm Kyrie and Harden 
and Durant, and then Kyrie started tripping. So, hey, if Kyrie hadn't been tripping and Kevin Durant had smaller feet and James Harden had better hamstrings, then they'd be champions. So they'd be, you know, putting up a banner in Barclays, but right now, it's got no banner. I'm good. You're not, I, I Zero promise banners. you. I promise you. I promise Except you for I the will Nets. not say anything in of the, the NBA sort. Finals. I promise you. <laughs> I promise they you, they got Doc's jersey up there. The they got their ABA. Hey, listen. Hey, if how the about their Nets ABA start, banner? They got that one up there. If the Nets thought that they needed Kyrie Irving, maybe they would have accommodated this part-time thing. Maybe they'd still extend him with with in the long term. They know they don't need him. Okay, they're unstoppable with him. But I do believe that they're they, they're not the overwhelming favorite. But they're they're a solid favorite, the the, the, fav, the favorite, in my mind to win the championship. And I do believe, okay. I want to repeat this because I, I'm not just, I'm not saying it for hyperbole's sake. There is something to be said for not having to feature Kyrie Irving the way he wants to be featured. Sometimes there's too many cooks in the kitchen. There can be too many right, cooks in the kitchen. Right. Okay. And that's so fair. the very that's issue fair. that people like you were skeptical about last year, going into last year. That whether or not it would work, even though they showed that it could work in the limited time they played together, whether or not they could all effectively share the ball has been resolved. It was a okay, luxury so because if one of them got hurt, they still had two stars. So now they're down right, there so two stars was, and some really good depth. Joe, maybe Joe Harris will make some like shots this postseason. Maybe Joe Harris will make so some shots. So what people like me brought up. So what people like me brought up, that was actually a legitimate issue of maybe Kyrie and no, Harden it wasn't. and Durant. No, it wasn't. Okay. Well, no, it wasn't legitimate. I'm just this. saying you should now see what I'm saying, that this is not okay. a problem not having Kyrie Irving indefinitely, if at okay, all. Well, since, not you, a problem. since you name-checked D'Angelo, shout-out to D'Angelo, shout-out to Smokey Robinson. You know what Giannis is going to be singing? Baby, let's cruise away from here. Oh, yeah, cruising Golly. to the championship back to back. Back to back. Ow! You got to warn me. Next, Baby, next time you're going to butcher a song, you got to warn me. Okay? Away. That ain't how you got on it. I know you ain't get on it like that. Man, Kyrie Irving broke Kyrie. his silence and broke me down in the process. I'm, I'm, I'm broken. <laughs> I am so done with that topic. I don't feel like it no more. Okay. I'm trying to live my Let's best life again. and I ain't going back and forth with you. You know what's at this point. That's where I'm at. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Man, I tell you what, the late great Sean Taylor, rest in peace, deserves so much better. His memory, his legacy deserves so much better than this joke of a franchise that he used to represent long ago. So Sean Taylor, again, tragically murdered in 2007. The Washington football team decided to announce today 
that they're going to retire his number 21. They don't retire a lot of numbers. It was out of circulation, but they don't retire a lot of numbers in Washington. Taylor would have joined or will join Sammy Ball and Bobby Mitchell as the only players to have their jersey numbers retired. He's already in the ring of honor, but they had decided to announce today that Come they are on. going to Come retire his number on Sunday against Kansas City. In three days, predictably, they got Come roasted on. for this. Pre- team president Jason Wright tweeted, we wanted to do something long overdue by retiring players' numbers. Months ago, we uh. planned for Bobby Mitchell and Sean Taylor to be the first two. Um, okay, a little discrepancy there, but anyway. I, seeing I, the reaction, I'm very sorry that the short notice does not properly reflect the impact Sean had president's brief to come man. Keep that Michael. You know what? There's a silver lining in everything Michael. There's silver lining in everything. Okay. The Washington football team is looking for a name. I got the name. The Washington can't get rights because they could not get out of their own way. Let's give the let's let's just say Let's just say that this is not what it clearly appears to be or clearly is, which was an attempt, a clumsy attempt at deflecting and distracting from the fact that everybody wants to see the rest of the emails because this Washington football team investigation only resulted in John Gruden taking the fall. That $10,000 fine and Dan a $10 million fine, excuse me, 10 million still chopped uh, right. pocket change, Nothing. couch money for Dan Snyder. Yeah. But that fine Especially and his wife five, taking over will not suffice yeah. given everything that is undoubtedly contained in that trove of emails. So everybody's talking about this and somebody in their team facility decided, hey, you know what's a good idea? Let's announce today that we're retiring Sean Taylor's number in three days. Oh, Sean Taylor's so memory and legacy this is dishonoring Sean Taylor. He does not deserve to be or Bobby Mitchell for that matter. None of them deserve to be swept up in this controversy in this mess that your ownership this toxic this toxicity that your ownership that your management has created. He deserved better. But the reality is I can't stand it when people think they're so smart and think they're so slick be slicker than a six year old right because the reality is they thought oh well let's go ahead and put this out there. Let's go ahead and put this out there to kind of like, you know, turn the page a little bit as if nobody would call you on it because Sean, using Sean Taylor as a shield, please. Mike, so now you want to so walk terrible. it back and say, oh, well, we wanted to do that. We, we had long since planned this. Well, if you planned it that long ago, why did you just announce it three days before the game? Right. Why didn't you give people and here's a, here's advance a, notice here's a telltale long ago? Sign. Here's a telltale sign. What is his when did his family find out? Tuesday? Did, did, did his family find out as soon as the emails went public? So was this something that, that came and you know what the, at you the know what the move would have been? Michael, you know what, what the move would have been? If this had been in the works for a while, okay? Postpone. Then postpone it. The announcement, if postpone. any, they should have made an announcement because nobody knew about it outside of a select few Nothing apparently. To say. Postpone it because there is a cloud over this organization right now. Okay, this is the 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 Washington football team is the NFL's version of pig pen. They're just nothing but funk. Just just a bunch of funk around the football team. Oh, it's a cloud of dust where everything about this team is just funky. It stinks. Okay, and 
sunlight needs to be the best deodorant on this situation. So what they should have done is had the, the presence, uh, the, 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 the aware, the self-awareness to say, Sean Taylor should not be, 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 be honored while we have all of this going on right now. Let's punt on this since we've waited, what, 14 years since his murder to do it anyway. What's another couple of weeks? Y'all ain't slick. It, either either uh, they're sick hey. or, they're, or they're stupid. Because they, you got to know better than to drop this on a day like today when everybody is out for those emails. Stop it. You said, Disrespecting you, this said, man's uh, you said they're not slick. They're also not competent. I was talking with uh, one of our producers, Gary Carter, who is a, unfortunately for him, he's a fan of the football team. And unfortunately for Why? a lot of you. Why, dude? They, Why? They, they got a lot of fans. They got a lot of fans. Uh, in the DMV, am I, am, I, am I saying that the right way? Uh, they got a lot of fans, yeah, and I can right. understand why. They had some glory days uh, under Joe Gibbs, but look, there's no way around it, Mike. You go into a bad situation, and you keep trying to say, "Well, we'll do this. Uh, we'll try to we'll try to address the toxic workplace. So we'll we'll be uh, more diverse in our hiring, and we'll bring in people." who have good ideas, all these things, and, and will work on a new stadium. No, the number one issue is Daniel Snyder and everybody who's under Daniel Snyder. And until you move that huge boulder, Simon, the boulder, you use that, you move that mountain, that disintegrating the mountain, albatross. but doesn't disintegrate fast enough, until you move him retire out of the way, <laughs> it, is never, it is never going to be right. It's never going to be right. And I said yesterday that they're the most, not only are they the worst franchise in the NFL, I, I figured that out. Yeah, they're worse, they're worse than the Lions. They're worse than the Bengals. Those are your two candidates. The Lions, Bengals, your three candidates. Lions, Bengals, football team. But what makes them worse is they keep making the same mistakes again. They have a toxic workplace. Their workplace is, is, is the worst, maybe, maybe in all of professional sports, not just the NFL. The problem is, the worst franchise, but also protected. They're protected because Roger Goodell could have attempted to bring the hammer down on, on Daniel Snyder. Instead, he just said, step aside, shh, get quiet for a second, Daniel. Get quiet. Say you're working on a stadium. I'll have somebody, oh, I don't know, your wife, run the franchise on a day-to-day -day basis. I'll find you $10 million. By the way, the, uh, the, the football team, is is one of the five or ten one most of the, lucrative one of uh, teams? Five or ten in the world? Three top top three. Oh, is it three? Oh, in the world? Okay, top I thought, no, not the NFL. Okay, you talking about the world? Okay, global. Uh, my okay, bad, my oh, bad. I'm saying bad. NFL, but in the NFL, in the NFL, say top three, top three, top three, top five. They're at the top of the list. Yeah, I'll find you ten million dollars, and I'll shuffle some things around, and nothing's going to change. It's amazing. This is so disrespectful to Sean Taylor and his memory. I can't believe that somebody and this 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 tells me one more thing, Mike. This tells me Who how bad the workplace this? is. I'll tell you, yeah. well, <laughs> see, that's the problem. That's what I was gonna good point. That's what I was gonna bring up. I was gonna bring this up. You know it's a bad workplace when bad ideas come out, and you know that there are people around who know better, but they can't say anything. Because the boss, once the boss says, You hey, go do it, you go do it. Mike Jones from USA and, Today was on the other day. You know what this is? This is the result of an environment where you can't look the owner in the eye, where you got to call him Mr. You Snyder. Say, you can't say nothing. Okay? It's an oppressive environment because somebody had to have sense enough to say, guys, I don't know if we should put Hold this on. out there. 
Like now, now is not that. the time. Right, right. But but let, but let me ask you. But here's the thing. And going back to the fans you talked about, I don't understand it. Because just because you were born into it, just because you were born in a certain area, just because your parents passed down this allegiance, that's no reason to stay. Because what I don't understand, this team, its entire history has been toxic. We can talk about Daniel Snyder all we want. Let's go back to Preston Marshall. Yeah, they had some glory days. Yeah. They were named after a racist epithet, number one. The last team to integrate. You know how many right. Dallas Cowboys fans there are? In D- the DMV for that oh, very reason, oh, real, black Dallas Cowboy fans thing. in the DMV for that yes. very reason. Yeah. Okay. Right. So Snyder is just—he's uh, just continuing this this legacy of toxicity. So let me ask you this: um, the, uh, the some of the employees, some of the former employees, wrote a letter uh, calling on sponsors to pressure the NFL and the football team into releasing the rest of the investigation to be transparent about the investigation. Not right. just that, Michael, it's going to take sponsors, which that's what's got. That's what got the name change FedEx in particular, if I'm not mistaken, if my memory serves, that's what got the name change. That's right. Not just sponsors, but fans. All these people know is money and somebody has to find a way to devalue this franchise and by somebody. I mean the fans. By the sponsor, the, the sponsors are only invested in this franchise because the fans are so loyal to this franchise, through thick and thin. You know what? If you're tired of it, do something about it. That's the solution to this. Well, so Sean Taylor won't get well, his memory won't get tarnished by a clumsy organization. The Washington can't get rights. That's what they are. I, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this to get on your skin. I promise you. I just had this thought. I promise you, I'm not trying to troll you. This is the value. Situations like this, what you just mentioned, I agree with. It, it, takes, it takes pressure. It takes economic pressure. That's the language for people. It, you can't play to, to their morality because apparently the, the morality is not, that morality is not the, too high. So you only change not the name really when you going, have to. That's not going to resonate with them. You got to speak the language right. that matters most to him. The language that matters most is, 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 is a financial one. So this is the value of having somebody like a Kyrie Irving on a roster, a player who says, no, no, this is not right. I'm not going to do it. You need somebody. You need a high profile player to say, I'm not playing until. And I don't, you know, I know the NBA is different than the NFL, not to mix my sports metaphors, NBA guaranteed contracts, NFL contracts are partially guaranteed, barely guaranteed. So it's easier financially. For an NBA player to make a stand like that, but I don't think the fans will do it. It's sponsorship, but it's also they you need somebody with a high profile who's fearless, who's going to step out, preferably somebody from the football team and says, that's not right. And I'm not going to give my services to this franchise until we get this correct. I just I don't know that one player could pull that off in the NFL given the nature of the next man up nature of the NFL. It would take a collective. It would it would it would a star, take though. a boycotting a star a, 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 a Washington star. No, it would it would I, I don't even think that would do it. It would take it would take a reverse blackballing. It would take Kaepernicking the football team and players who aren't drafted there saying I'm not taking his money. I'm not signing there. I'm not playing there. 
it would have to be James Dolan-esque in New York where so many marquee free agents were just like, nah, I'm good. It would have to be something like that for what you're talking about. I w- we would definitely want to get to the clumsiness that members of the Raiders organization showed yesterday, but we'll put a, we'll put a pin yeah. in this, take another break, and we're going to talk about this incredible, incredible WNBA Finals game last night. I know you stayed up to watch your Mercury. I know you I know you stayed up to watch your squad. That was fun. Team of Destiny. Destiny. Your sleeper, right? Your sleeper. The the, the, the team with the and, goat. And Brittany Griner and Skylar Diggins Smith. Your sleeper. Ain't nobody picked right? This, they, go check nobody the, saw this. Go coming. check the picks. Check the they picks. They came out of nowhere. Check the picks. Nobody picked them. Check. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. It was pretty amazing, but uh, uh, to be quite, I mean, I could hear it. Like my voice gets really, I haven't got the loudest voice. Uh, so screaming, that's why I whistle a lot. So lucky I have that uh, thing I can get their attention with. But it was good to finally get a win in front of our crowd. We really do appreciate them. You know, they're, um, you know, the best in the WNBA. And um, yeah, I mean, what a, what a great game. Should be a great game for TV as well. So it's always uh, easier for me because we won. So I'm happy. It was crazy in there. I uh, mean, you know, when you're, when you're in that moment, um, the gravity of, of what's going on, I mean, you can feel it and you try to just laser in on uh, each possession, um, each timeout, really communicating with each other. Um, and at the end of the day, it just ends up being basketball. Um, and, and I think that's the beauty of our team is um, with everything that's going on, we can just always focus on what we need to get done. And, and today we did uh, an amazing job doing that. LaChina Robinson gave us a little taste of the atmosphere last night. It was incredible. And so were the Mercury's big three. The big three were gargantuan. You know, I've always liked that word gargantuan. So rarely have an opportunity to use it in a sentence, Michael. Uh, But that was just such an incredible atmosphere last night. Such a fun game. Went to overtime. After a late night, LaChina Robinson, basketball analyst LaChina Robinson, host of Huge Fan, the podcast, finding on Sirius XM. She joins us now. You were in the house last night. You've been anchoring the coverage of these WNBA playoffs, doing a phenomenal job. So nice to see you flourish. So nice to see you. I would ask a question, but I feel like I got to give Michael, Michael Holly the opportunity to do this first, yes. to lead off, because he's been, he been cheering for the Mercury since I, the season yeah. started, really. That's, that's his squad. And, and LaChina, LaChina, could you please set Michael Smith straight? And he's trying to position me as somebody who's stating the obvious by saying the Mercury are going to win a championship, even though I said it before the playoffs started, and even though I checked the predictions, I didn't see a lot of people picking the Mercury to win the championship. I saw a lot of Las Vegas Aces and a lot of Connecticut Sun. I don't know about you, LaChina. I didn't see many people picking the Mercury. What do you say? 
agree with that, that the Mercury was somewhat of an underdog. But um, to Mike's point, they do have arguably the biggest big three in the WNBA with Skylar Diggins-Smith and Brittany Griner and Diane Taurasi. However, um, you know, I mean, there were things that happened during the season, right? Whether your chemistry does come together, doesn't come together, there are injuries. There are a whole lot of factors that lend themselves to where we are now with a five and six seed in the WNBA finals. But um, I will say that Phoenix's big three has elevated their game over the course of the season in a way that maybe we never saw coming. You know yeah, what? Especially uh, led by uh, Diana Taurasi. I just want to I say mean, real quick. Goat. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Yeah. Before you get to that, real quick, I'll just say LaChina, the irony is, you know when I got on, you know when I got on their bandwagon? I got on the, <laughs> the Phoenix bandwagon. It was after a game in Atlanta. You probably remember this game. Uh, maybe the dream it lost at that point, like four or five in a row. And Phoenix was right around 500. That was a game where um, Dawn Staley was in attendance, seeing one of her uh, assistants coach and all that stuff. And that was a close game when Phoenix won. I said, now, why is Phoenix hovering, hovering around 500? They got so much talent, and they went on a run right after that. So even though they got all those, those talented uh, players, it took a while for them to, to come together. So you're saying you were late to getting on the bandwagon because that was like mid-season. I thought you were saying you were a preseason uh, Phoenix Mercury fan. Right. That was like you waited for them to get on a run and then jumped in. How you so going to turn that around on me? How you going to turn that around on me? Thank you for clarifying that. I see what's happening now. Thank you. <laughs> well, well, look, I mean, there's no, there's no sleeping on Diana Taurasi. I mean, that's for sure. Just voted the greatest player in WNBA history. Um, and th just in the last week, that amazing fourth quarter, uh, you know, to get to the finals against the Aces, uh, welcomed her second child, and then she goes for, what, 18 of her 20 last night. You've obviously seen her quite a bit over the years, but when you watch her perform on this stage, the way that she's performing, and, and Skylar Dick, career high in assists for Skylar Diggins last night. Brittany Griner had 29 yeah. points, but Diana Taurasi seems to just be the person that makes it all go and that separates the Mercury and their potential from everybody else. Just how do you put into words what the GOAT is able to do at what, 30, is 39 years old now? 39 years old, yes. Well, as you know, Mike, it's not always how much you do is when you do it. And Diana has struggled, I mean, more than we're used to seeing in these playoffs. I mean, she's got a broken bone in her foot along with a messed up ankle. I mean, you know, she missed the beginning of the playoff due to injury. Um, so she's been limping the whole way, had the pending birth of her now here daughter happening along the way. Uh, but when the game is, is tight and when everyone else is nervous and when we're all trying to, like, close our eyes and look but not really look, like in the biggest moments of the game and the game-changing situations and the you got to get the momentum now or you're not going to get it at all, in that, in that time, in that space – Diana is, is one of the greatest and maybe the greatest, um, you know, and, and I'm most impressed with this performance because of all the things that I just listed, the ankle, the, the, yeah. the birth of the, of the daughter. But she had 14 points in fourth quarter and overtime. I mean, before then you were like, huh, is Diana going to do anything? And then she just shows up. But she's mentally tough than every, tougher than everyone else around her. She's been that consistently throughout her career. And I just thought that, um, last night was a testament. I mean, Brittany Griner was fantastic. I mean, we're seeing the best yeah. of her, maybe ever in her career. Um, you know, Skylar Diggins-Smith was great, but that four, 
that four-point play at the beginning of overtime, Diana took a three, got fouled, four points on the board. You just put your team up two possessions to start overtime. I mean, those are game-changing moments, and that's, that's why she's considered the greatest. We showed your, the video that you took of just the atmosphere in the arena last night. It was just incredible. Just, like, what was it like being there? And also, how cool was it to see Chris Paul, uh, Devin Booker, the Phoenix Suns courtside cheering on the Mercury? The environment was unbelievable. You couldn't have asked for a better situation, you know, with with the WNBA Finals game, you know, 14,000 screaming fans. And Phoenix has the Phoenix X Factor. That's what they call their fans. They are some of the best that we have in the WNBA. I mean, they're loud, they're engaged, they're educated. Uh, and they created just a great space to have a, a, a huge game. And you know, I went to Wake Forest, so I'm, I'm partial to Chris Paul, but I think he's one of those guys that really just gets it. Um, he understands uh, great basketball when he sees it. And sometimes people want to make this about NBA supporting women. This is a marketing thing. No, these are guys that just understand high-level basketball. So when Booker pulled out that mm. old-school 35-millimeter uh, camera, and he said, I saw that. <laughs> you know, you got to drop like, it off hey, and get it developed. Exactly. Yeah, you got to get that thing developed. So, um, you know, but those are those are cool moments. And you can see that the guys were enjoying yeah. it. And they weren't just sitting back. They were engaged. They were energetic. And I'm sure that, um, you know, for, for Phoenix fans, it feels like a family. You got your NBA team went to the finals, your WNBA team to the finals. So now the basketball community is really coming together at, at its highest level. All right, you've seen two games in these WNBA finals. Um, the Chicago Ooh. Sky win that first game. Obviously, the Mercury uh, win last night. Who do you like down the stretch? And, and what are they doing to kind of get these subtle advantages over one another? Who do you like? Oh, boy. Um, you know, it's tough because Chicago's a great, great, great team. And I still feel like Phoenix is limping. Um, they got Sophie Cunningham back into the lineup last night, which was helpful for them. They had a six-foot wing. They gave them a toughness. She was ready to fight, okay? That farm mentality, she brought all that toughness to, to the game. Um, you know, knocked down threes, guarded Kalia Copper, who's been a problem for Chicago. And then I mentioned Diana Taurasi not being at full strength. But on the other side of things, James Wade just has at, at on his roster um, – Bigs that can do a number of things. I mean, he's got so much size, length, and skill at the four and five position between Candace Parker, Stephanie Dolson, Azrae Stevens. Like, they cause problems. I mean, Azrae Stevens is six six, but she did a pretty good job on Brittany Griner in game one, and you could see how the combination of her defense with Candace Parker could cause problems for Brittany Griner. We didn't see that coming into the series. We were like, who's going to guard Brittany Griner? Well, they've done a, a nice job in stretches, but. Um, they're just so talented. They move the ball well. They've got the best point guard in the game in Courtney Vandersloot. And Candace Parker's hungry to bring that championship home to Chicago. So I think it's going to be an uphill battle for Phoenix, especially with back-to-back games here Ooh. in Chicago. And they have the opportunity to close out at home. Their crowds have been crazy. I hear the Obamas might be up in there. Chance the Rapper bit. You know, there's just all these dynamics moving around that – are brewing for something really special to happen, and that's for Chicago to win their first championship. So I, I'm not counting Phoenix out because they're a team that I believe okay. in wholeheartedly. They have, again, the best big three in the WNBA, but Chicago just seems to have um, 
a larger room for error. Like they have more players at their disposal, more ballots where Phoenix is, is, is a little bit short right now. So no shortage of star power. You know, you mentioned it. Chicago's got Vandersloot and Parker. We got the big three in Phoenix. But my favorite story, um, and I'm just getting hip to her admittedly, and I'm watching you the other day because you t- you're talking about Shay Reddy, Pe- uh, Stay Ready Petty. Shay Petty. Yes. Like, just, just her career story is, is so incredible. The, the, the journey, the, I mean, she took the long road to get here. And I wonder if you could speak to just how hard that is uh, for somebody to break into the WNBA the way that she did and, and not just break in, but to find the role and flourish in that role the way that she has. Yeah, I mean, first I would even go back to her childhood because I was born in Boston and you, you know, you spent a long time there, Mike. I mean, she's from Roxbury and there are not a lot of girls basketball players that make it out of that that area, quite honestly, because there's not a great AU situation in, in Boston and in Massachusetts. But Tanya Cardoza, who's also from that area, who's the head coach at Temple, you know, found her, went back home and, and got this talent. But the WNBA is 144 of the best players in the world. There are only 12 teams. So there are 12 spots on 12 teams. And that's not a lot. Uh, and so these players who, even though she got drafted, you aspire to, to play in the WNBA to make a roster. People assume when you get drafted, you're in. Well, usually the second and third round of the WNBA is, is cut. And the first round is only 12 players. I mean, that's how tough it is to make a roster. So Shea Petty's first crack at the WNBA was at 30 years old. And she had gotten cut on several occasions. She actually, at one point, got cut for, with the Washington Mystics. They liked her so much and wanted to keep her around. They hired her as a video coordinator and intern. So she actually won a WNBA championship in 2019 on the staff of the Washington Mystics, okay? Now yeah. she has started games in the WNBA finals. I mean, the toughness that it takes. Let me tell you this. She, took, she made a bucket last night to put them up, I think, maybe a two-possession game, where she's on the floor with Diana Taurasi, Skylar Diggins-Smith, and Brittany Griner, and she just takes it right to the rack. Like, no hesitation. You know what I mean? Like, those are yeah. – to think that two years ago she wasn't even getting any minutes in this league, and now she is hitting buckets on the floor with some of the greats of the game in clutch moments. I mean, Shea Petty, Stay Ready Petty, has got to be one of my favorite stories, too, Mike, in the WBA finals yeah. right now. Listen, when you when you did it the hard way and took the long road, it makes you fearless. Uh, my last question for you, LaChina, is this. Um, and I see you rocking the wonderful WNBA uh, sweatshirt. That's um, a great this that's season, a great one. This, <laughs> that's this, a new this one. anniversary new season. <laughs> that, uh, that's, you, got, you got the plug, huh? Um, this, this season, this anniversary season, this 25th anniversary season, culminating with this star-studded finals and it's off to a great start through these first two games. Uh, just if you could summarize the success, the level of, of the success of this season, uh, this 25th season for the WNBA. Man, I mean, it's an opportunity to look hindsight at all the growth that's happened over 25 years. I mean, I'm sure when you guys started watching WNBA, it was like, like me. It was Cheryl Swoops and, um, you know, the Lisa Leslie's of the world and the Cynthia Coopers. And, um, you know, we were captivated. I was captivated by those women as a 16-year-old girl who was on the fence about basketball. I watched the 96 Olympics and I'm like, wow, 
I want to be like them. Like not only were they visible, strong black women, but they're charismatic. You know, they're educated. Um, they've played overseas, so they know five languages. So the league is really founded, uh, you know, on, on the backs of women who are dynamic and just happen to be great basketball players. But um, the level of play we're seeing right now is is just wow. I mean, Brittany Griner dunked for the first time. That was the first dunk we've ever had in the WNBA Finals last night. I mean, just the level of play continues to climb. And what's happened is over time, now we got moms that play the WNBA whose daughters are in it. So they've been around the game a long time. And the opportunities and availability for women to be trained and, you know, to see women's basketball on television and even say, oh, hey, I may want to do that. Uh, you know, that's all growing and it's all part of what we see in the league. Yeah. And, you know, I just think this has been, the WNBA has been a space where, you know, these women, 70% black women have owned who they are. You know, whether that's they're part of the trans community or, um, you know, their moms, their business owners, their philanthropists, uh, you know, they've, they've owned the brand of this league on top of a lot of great basketball. So um, over the 25 years, it, it's hard to put into words what the WNBA has meant to sport, to society, to women, um, to women of color. But it's definitely been a space that I've enjoyed covering and I can't wait to see what happens in the next 25 years. And LaChina, I mean, it's, it's so great. And, and not to mention the activism, like the, your Atlanta dream. I mean, it's, that's, that's, a, that's a dream, uh, no pun intended, uh, setup of how to get things done. I, I know Raphael Warnock should thank the Atlanta dream every time he walks into the U.S. Senate. Uh, and by the way, I like that you mentioned Roxbury Mass. Shout out, new edition. What's up, Ralph <laughs> Tresvon? <laughs> that's What's right. What's up, Ricky? <laughs> My dad used to be posted for Michael the Michigan Bivens? Projects, so we know all about New Edition, hey. but you're right. I mean, um, you know, what Atlanta did. Right I mean, down the street. Right down the street. Whoever thought that, you know, a sports team would help to flip the Senate, like, of women at that, yeah. you know? It's just what they've done is, is phenomenal. And, uh, but, yeah, shout out to New Edition. <laughs> Get back to that. Hey, LaChina, <laughs> before we let you go, I, I got like, this unofficial poll going, so now um, I'm going to tell you. I've had two different answers on this. Maybe you give me a third. Mike already mentioned a 25-year history of the WNBA. We already had the WNBA 25 best players in league history. You can't say there are a lot of good players. You can't say, ooh, I, I can't. You got to give me one. Who is the GOAT? The GOAT in the WNBA. Who is it? Oh, okay. You, go. you got us? Um, so, I believe you went out a little bit, but I believe you said you wanted me to give you one player, right? One GOAT. The GOAT. The GOAT. The, be the best player in WNBA well, history is? The best player in league history was Cheryl Swoops and Tamika Catchings. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I can't get it down. It's, uh, it's one of those uh -huh. two. Okay. It's one of those two. But let me just preface this by saying I'm a big I believe you have to be able to play both ends of the floor. So you got to have some defensive yeah. accolades behind you. Um, obviously be a great scorer. I also, you know, Tamika Catching's only won one championship, but she also really didn't have a lot of talent around her. In any of the years she was in Indianapolis, I don't believe they had one, one lottery pick the entire time. And yet they had one of the longest playoff stretches in WNBA history. Cheryl Suits was just everything. I mean, I think she was the first player in history to win an NCAA championship, a gold medal, a WNBA championship. Like, she had her own shoe. Um, yeah, so my goal is somewhere in there, but get back to me. 
Okay. I just want to let you know. I want to I want to let you know the answers so far have been Cynthia Cooper, Diana Taurasi, and from LaChina Robinson, Cheryl Swoops, and Tamika Catchings. I'll give you that. I'll give you a pass on that. I mean, we need to figure this out. No, I was gonna say we everyone's got a different thing. None of those are bad. Hey, LaChina, it's so good to see you. Keep doing everything right. You're doing an amazing job. We appreciate you. Come back and join Brother Funda again soon, all right? Thanks, fam. Appreciate you. Good to see you, Mike, as always. And good to see you, good Michael. To see you. you too, LaChina. Thank you. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I actually have a funny story. So after the game that we won in Atlanta against the Rams, Snoop was there. And um, I brought my, so my son was 11 at the time to the after party. And the game ended pretty late. So it was midnight. It was in our hotel. So we had this little special, special spot on the stage. Well, Snoop had a pole up and there were some girls. They were clothed. But at the same time, there was a pole. And my son was here. He had his eyes open and he was listening to music. And I said, Jack, cover your eyes. And he goes, Dad, I'm good. I'm good. So it's two in the morning. And I mean, we are having the time of our life. And I'm like, holy cow. If he tells his mother, I am, I ain't going to see this kid for a long time. But Jack, Jack, my nephew, Jack and the Beanstalk. I'm telling you, we, it was one of the best <laughs> moments of my life. We still talk about it, too. I said, Jack. And he goes, Dad, I'm good. All right. I'm good. Listen, man, when you uh, when you <laughs> got 22 great. years and 10 Super Bowls, you got stories for days. All the books that have been written about Tom Brady haven't scratched the surface of the stories that this man has, I'm sure. Hopefully, we'll get it one day in a book. Chris Sims, good to see you, brother. So listen, um, Tom Brady, we, we talked about this earlier in the week. I don't even think this is a hot take. I think this is a lukewarm take. Maybe not even a take. But Michael and I just kind of randomly, as you know, people do when they talk about quarterbacks, got into a top five conversation. I'm like, Brady's the best quarterback in the league, and he's better than ever. I don't think there's any question about it. What say you as we prepare to see Brady throw another four or five touchdowns against the Eagles tonight? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's in the conversation for sure. I'm not going to say he's the best player in the league. I'm not, I mean, the best quarterback in the league. No, I'm not. He, he's amazing, certainly. I think he's definitely in the top five conversation. But I think, like, like he needs a, a certain formula thing. around him to be like Tom Brady right now. Like, I, I think you could put Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes almost in any situation, and they're going to make that offense look pretty damn good. You know, there's some offenses okay. in football where I think if you put Tom Brady in there, you're going to go, well, that doesn't look right. You know, he does need to be protected and have that aspect. He doesn't make a ton of plays off schedule. But if you protect him and, of course, you know, have some weapons – yeah, he can take advantage of what's there to be had as good as anybody in football. And that's what I'll say about him for sure. You know, but he does need the right support system, at least in my opinion, at this point of his career. It's still, I'm not trying to take away. People think I'm a Tom Brady hater. Hey, I'm amazed at the guy. I really am. And like you said, like throwing the football, he's better throwing the football now than he was in 2011, 12, and 13. That's why they drafted Jimmy Garoppolo, because they were like, damn, 
Tom's not throwing the ball down the field. It's dink and dunk. Maybe he's coming to the end of his career, and he kind of found his way in 2014, and he's never been the same since then, and he's been unbelievable on fire. So I'm not going to disrespect your thought. I'm not mad at you for it. I'm sure there's some coaches in the NFL that probably feel the same way, but I just don't. Yeah, no, I hear you, and and, and it helps who he's throwing to. Probably top to bottom, best supporting cast he's had when they're all healthy. Okay, but what really got us into this conversation, though, and looking ahead to Sunday, I mean, my goodness, we get to see Lamar Jackson versus Justin Herbert. I mean, just two quarterbacks Mm. who cannot be more on fire right now. I know you love both of those guys. Um, What are you seeing in terms of the growth of Lamar Jackson specifically? We know you've always loved Herbert and, and Herbert's great, but I want to want you to focus in on Lamar Jackson as a passer because that's the only real question mark that's hounding him over the last few years. And then part B to my question there uh, is where do those two guys fit in to that top five, six, seven conversation? Because they seem like they're both challenging to get in that conversation as well. No doubt. I mean, Justin Herbert's there for sure, 100% in my opinion, and Lamar Jackson's dancing around that that area as well. So... Uh, again, we're talking about superstars, like definitely in the conversation for the best players in football for, for my money. Uh, you know, Justin Herbert, you know, it just the thing about him, he's so big and he hits the bullseye like 98 out of 100 times with every throw, no matter what the throw is. And then when he does get outside of the pocket, he can run like four or five and like rip off like a 20 yard gain or run over a linebacker. That's where he's really special out of the fact he's a great decision maker. So he is in the top five conversation. I think for like Lamar Jackson, and you know, again, I haven't really gone through this completely. So, but I, I think, man, man, Lamar Jackson's right there with it. You know, you know me, guys. I've been a defender of Lamar Jackson since he came out in the draft. I was defending him last year when people were saying, you know, he can't beat you with his right arm. I was going, it's not, that's not the issue. The offense has to give him more opportunities to beat you with the right arm. They they need to expand their offensive scheme. They're doing that. They're finding more ways to get Hollywood Brown the ball. And the biggest thing with him, and like we're showing in these clips, look at his base. I think that's the thing that's changed about him. He used to let his feet get together. And then when he would throw the ball, it would be almost like a little bit of a stride motion. Look at him right here in these throws. Mm -hmm. It's always right underneath his shoulders. Perfect. So he can hop around and that allows him just to do it seamlessly. And he doesn't have to always have to step into the throw because you can't always do that in the pocket. So now the legs are in a good position and maybe you can just turn the body and throw that way. And that's what like Rodgers and Brady do and like yeah let's not forget Rodgers he's in this conversation too for five and top five and, quarterbacks for sure and all quarterbacks say that it, it's the ground up it ain't the arm it's, it's the legs it's the footwork it's the ground up go ahead Michael no doubt yes it's yeah, the mechanics you know, it's the ability to get that all on the same page sorry sorry go ahead no that's all right because I'll, I'll definitely uh, ask you some more quarterback questions in a couple minutes i I just love to get your take on this. We saw in Detroit. I, I really feel sorry for that franchise. Maybe, maybe the fans more than the franchise itself. They hadn't won a championship in, in over 60 years. It's just amazing uh, what their friends, uh, what their fans have had to put up with. And I think Dan Campbell really felt it. I think the fan, he felt it, and the fans felt him. I don't know if you saw the video or heard the sound of him crying. On, on Sunday, just wondering from a fan standpoint, I'm sure that goes over well. 
how about in, in a locker room? Like, if you're playing for him, do you say to yourself, this is good, this is good, this is a real man, this is a real person, or do you say, uh-uh, <laughs> it's only, man, it's only week five, bro. <laughs> we got a long way to go. You breaking down already? Like, how do, how do you perceive that? I think more along the lines of like what you first said. Now, you know, it depends how you are leading up to those type events, okay? I mean, yeah, they, they got to know the man, the human being they're dealing with here, uh, certainly. But I think really, I mean, at least from the outside looking in with a, with a situation like Dan Campbell, hey, I respect it. It doesn't make him look like any less of a man. In fact, like he's one of the, you know, toughest man's men on the, on the planet. And that's why he can cry and he doesn't care and he's emotional and he cares about his players. And that shows. And I think they know that. And that's why I don't think it'll be looked negatively in the locker room in any way, shape, or form. Hey, they're playing really good. I mean, not really good, but they're, they play really hard and they're competitive every game. And, you know, there's not a lot of talent on that roster right now. So the results, like, I don't know what people expected. I was expecting them to be one and four at this point or somewhere around that, that area. I mean, I've actually been surprised with how well and how much they've been in every game and they've had a chance to win. But there's no big difference making players on the defensive side of the ball. There's no superstars on the offensive side of the ball. But they're finding ways to win because of their toughness, their attention to detail. They're well coached on both sides of the ball. And that's what's made them a pain in the butt. And I think players uh, got to respect Dan Campbell for sure. So let, let's go from an organization I feel a little sorry for to an organization I have great respect for. And, oh, and okay. Michael Smith, we talked about this. We talked about this earlier this week. And the Ravens, I just look at the Ravens and I just think they do so much right. Not beyond Lamar Jackson, beyond the coaching staff, just the organization. And I wonder... Like, okay, from a, I'll just look at it from a writer's perspective. Um, you know, back in the day when newspapers were a thing, Chris Sims, you know, Michael Smith and I, we were at the Boston Globe, and we'd say, man, not many places you can step up from, from the Boston Globe for a newspaper, and you're in that situation, it just makes you better. Like, being at the Globe, being at the LA Times, uh, you know, Washington Post makes you better, New York Times. When you When you think about, players do you say ooh if that player could just wind up with the Baltimore Ravens their career could have been different i mean am i going too far or is it or is it that kind no, of place where you no. can take yeah is that how it is no i, I i'm with, i'm with you no I, I think it is like you know man you, you guys made a step up look at this you're talking to me once a week you really hit the big time i mean first off but <laughs> second off like no in all seriousness they they that's a special organization. You know, I've been in that facility. It's one of those facilities when you walk in, you go, eh, it just has a little bit different feel and atmosphere around here. You know, a little bit more of a feel of professionalism and confidence and, whoa, things are businesslike and being done the right way. You know, of course, I want to give the owner a lot of respect, but for, for my money, you know, it all started with Ozzie Newsom. That's where I would go. His ability to find the right players to make a culture there. And, and that's really what he's done with the Ravens have a culture of what? Like the toughest, biggest, baddest dudes on the planet play for the Baltimore Ravens. And they love playing football. And they're going to lay it on the line week to week. And then they got a coach in John Har Harbaugh 
who accentuates that and is like embodies that as well to where, yes, to me, they're one of the, I mean, come on, we're, we're talking about what, 20 years straight of the Ravens being good and competitive and in the playoff and Super Bowl conversation. That's because things are done right in all facets of the organization. I have tremendous respect for the way they do business. Well, uh, at the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, I've seen reports today, uh, latest, uh, is that uh, Urban Meyer never had the locker room to lose in the first place uh, in the aftermath right. of uh, that viral video. I, I say this, I'm only half joking when I say this, uh, but what are the chances that Urban gets left in London since he likes to stay behind and not fly back on a team plane? What are the chances that they leave him in London? Like, how, how close is this? Uh, I was telling Michael uh, when we talked about it earlier this week, ironically, you know, given what we saw him doing on video in Ohio, but he, he uh, accelerated the honeymoon period. You talked about the Lions and nobody expecting him to come out and, and win every game. Taking over a 1-15 team that's now lost 20 in a row, it feels like all 20 were under Urban Meyer. That's how much he's lost any semblance of credibility or grace period. I mean, how close is this team to winning a game versus how close is it to really going bad and Shah Khan saying, you know what, as Michael Holly has often said, you're not built for this game. Well, it, it's close to winning a game because I, I think they're more talented than people give them respect for. I mean, when you look at the roster and you look at the running backs and receivers, and I know it's a young quarterback who's going to make some mistakes, but damn, he makes a lot of plays too. Offensive line, okay, it's not perfect, but I don't sit there and go, it's one of the eight worst or ten worst in football. Defense got a few talented guys to go along with it. Like I would go, they got more talent than the Detroit Lions for me. In fact, it's not even close. They got more talent than the Houston Texans. So there's something there. But like to your question, um, I think it's a very real possibility this could be the last game Urban Meyer coaches in Jacksonville. You know, me and Mike Florio, we talked about this this morning on PFT where, hey, listen, we know a lot of people in the league and surrounding this situation. And, you know, to echo your point, yeah, I don't think the locker room was in love with Urban Meyer to begin with. I think the coaching staff has been a little bit taken back by the way he's treated them and the way he's handled business on a week-to-week basis. And, you know, from anything you hear, he lied to the owner about how that weekend where he stayed behind went down. There was obviously some facts that, you know, he didn't tell the truth about or let the owner know. So he's on thin ice. And I would not be shocked, let alone all the other mistakes that have been made along the way that have added to this to where you just go, wait, this guy like obviously doesn't get it or understand what, it, what it's like to be in the NFL. I really thought he would get it. I did. Uh, but Same. I feel like I'm wrong right now. And I would bet you it's about, I would think it's 50-50 whether he's the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars next week or not. With the people I talk I, to I think, around the league who seem to know. Yeah. Oh, well, well, thank you for that, because uh, it's nice to have some company in, in that club there. <laughs> I've been taking a lot of uh, grief <laughs> from Michael. Once upon a time, but well, once upon a time, no. Oh, Cleveland was a laughing stock. You really are a comedian. You are a comedian. Once upon a time, Cleveland was a laughing stock. Once upon a time, Cleveland was dysfunctional in much the same way that Jacksonville seems to be. Um, I'm curious about Odell, Odell Beckham in particular, and not because I just traded him this morning, because I'm sick of waiting to see if he and Baker Mayfield start to click uh, in my fantasy team. But I'm seriously, like, it, I'm watching the game, I'm watching this shootout, and if it say, let's say Baker Mayfield is a half field read quarterback, 
for purposes of this conversation. Let's say he's a half field read quarterback. That half is the half that Odell is not on. As in, he's not even looking in his direction, it seems like. Like, what's going on there? Why can't they get on the same page? And is there a possibility in your mind that Odell Beckham is moved? Despite what Kevin Stefanski said this week, he is moved uh, before the trade deadline. I mean, I've seen enough to think that, like, if I'm Cleveland, I, I would start shopping them. I would, you know. I, I There's no doubt. You know, I kept giving it the benefit of the doubt. Like, okay, he got traded there. All right, they'll 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 work. The chemistry will get there. Then last year, you know, it was still iffy, but it was a little better. But then, of course, Odell Beckham Jr. got hurt. But there's some issue there, all right? There is. I don't even know what it is. It's... You know, I think you explained it right. For me, and I did a breakdown of this on my podcast yesterday, and we showed a few plays from last week where I go, listen, I know the read of this play. And Odell Beckham Jr.'s open. He still can fly. He's got three rockets up his butt. He can still run routes as good as anybody, any receiver in football. And it's like he's not even on a Baker Mayfield's radar. And listen, this is the third week in a row. Three weeks ago in Odell Beckham Jr.'s first game back, I think it was his first game back against the Chicago Bears, I mean, he should have gone off. If you watch that film back, you go, Odell should have had seven or eight for 180 and, you know, maybe a touchdown or two. The next week in Minnesota, there's a handful of plays where I just go, I, I don't get it. Not looking, can't hit him. And then last week, again, it was the same thing. And, you know, and, and most egregiously, there was like a play on third and one on the last drive of the game where Baker Mayfield throws the ball in the flat. And I'm te- I know the play, you know, in fact, J- Justin Herbert threw a touchdown to Mike Williams on the same play early in the game hmm. where it's like the tight end runs hmm. a corner route and the receiver runs a post over the top. The safety sat on the corner route by the tight end. And it's Odell right. with a corner on outside leverage, and he's gone. They're going to win the game. It's over. Doesn't even look. Doesn't even look. And there's about three or four other examples of that in the game. And I don't get it. I don't know what it is with, between them. I don't understand. Odell looks plenty healthy and explosive to me. If I'm the Buffalo Bills or the Kansas City Chiefs, I'm calling, I'm calling Cleveland and trying to get Odell Beckham Jr. I can tell you that much. All right, I told you, Chris Sims, I had a quarterback question for you. And this is going to be tough. I, I wonder how you're going to answer this. I can't wait. So everybody gets to be healthy. That's the only pretend part of this. Everybody's healthy right now. And you've got to pick one quarterback to represent Team Sims from the NFC West. Who's that quarterback? That's a tough one. Oh, good got? question. All right, well, listen. I think right now, mm, I mean, I think right now, and again, we're, we're pretending like Russell Wilson's healthy and everything like that, right? That's a great He's question healthy. by you. He's healthy. No problems. Uh, yep. Got no problems. Mm. Fingers Man, all fine. I, I, I want to lean right away into the conversation because I don't think Russell was playing his best football before this either to where like as we speak mm. right now and if we were just going to do it this second – I want to go right to Kyler Murray or, or Stafford, one of those two. I do. And trust me, I don't say that lightly because I think the world of Russell Wilson. I do. But I think if you made me pick one with what I've seen from this point, on, you know, this point, hmm, I'm going to give Kyler Murray the advantage over Stafford. I'm taking Kyler Murray in the NFC West right now. That's what I'm going to do. And has he surprised you Whoa. a little bit just with the way he's been able to play? Well, 
Yes, and I know I should have expanded on what I like about it, right? I mean, first off, he's been throwing the ball phenomenal. The decision-making's been phenomenal. One of the things I questioned about Kyler Murray coming in the year was, statistically, his first two years in the NFL, he was one of the worst third-down quarterbacks in football. You know, at times, leaving the pocket a little too early, the offense wasn't delivering. He's got a better offensive line this year, and he's been awesome on third down. And third down's quarterback down in the NFL. Listen, the coach can't always dial up the perfect play on first and second down. Third down, yeah, you got to play this call that's a little more aggressive. And, of course, you might have to make a play in the pocket or out of the pocket. He's been delivering. And when he's not hot or their deep offense isn't, like, just scorching earth. Like we saw last week, he played the game smart. He understood the totality of the game and what was going on. And he just went, "Mm, I'm going to buy my time. I'm not going to have any turnovers. And when I really need to like, okay, push the limit a little bit, I will. And we'll make some plays and we'll win this damn football game. And that to me is where he's matured. So yeah, even as I talk about it more and more, I'm going with Kyler Murray right now in the NFC West for sure couple of, uh, that was a hypothetical, I want to go to reality. I got two more things before we get you out of here, Chris. One is yeah. Russell Wilson is not healthy right now. I liked, and, and, and you've experienced this. You've experienced coming in off the bench uh, as a backup due to injury or, or what have you. Um, I like what I saw from Geno Smith, who we know what happened with both New York teams. But I like what I saw from Geno Smith in that Thursday night game. Blessing in disguise, he's got this extended period to get ready for Sunday night on NBC uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm thinking this guy might actually be one of these quarterbacks that late in his career, just when you've written him off, shows you, wait a second, like that experience taught him something. He's got now he's maybe a, a viable, not I said a starter, but like, wait, he's better than we ever thought he could be. He was just in such an awful situation, got more seasoning that he got in, immediately in New York in New York. And he might be able to hold down the fort for Seattle. What you think? I, I'm, I'm a believer in Geno Smith. I, I am. I, I have been. You know, my brother was on the Jets with Geno Smith when he first got in the league. I mean, I think from his talent level and the human being he was, like, I think my brother liked everything he's seen. You know, I know my, the rest of my family, my dad included, has been around Geno. And they think, like, hey, he's got a mental toughness and a way about him that will succeed in the NFL. I mean, come on, let's be real about it. He was, the Jets sucked. I don't care who was quarterback then. You know, the worst thing he ever did in his career was, you know, confront what's his name in the locker room about paying him back. You know, you just, you got to watch how you talk to the biggest, baddest dude in the locker room. You might get a broken jaw. I can't come up. I can't remember the name, right? Um, But either way, like, and then, so, so now he's with the Jets, right? So he's with the Jets. And then, like I always say, I mean, if you're around crap all the time, you're going to smell like crap and get some crap on you. I mean, what do you expect? We could have put some all-time greats on those Jets teams. They would have sucked too. And then he goes to the Giants and gets a bad rap because he stopped Eli Manning's consecutive start streak, which was a bunch of BS. Mm -hmm. Eli wasn't playing good. He deserved to be benched weeks before that. Like, cry me a river. And then Geno went out there with the Raiders, right? And he, he, I mean, a a game against the Raiders with the Giants, and really it was one of the best games of the year the Giants had for the quarterback that year. But they lost, and he got strip-sacked, fumbled, or had a turnover late in the game. 
And everyone's like, oh, that's Geno Smith. Oh. And it just, it's stupid. It's unfair. I'm rooting for him. And I, I agree with you. I think he's one of those guys that might be able to capitalize on this situation. He's smart. He's got a good arm. And he's a pretty good athlete. So let's just see how this goes. Okay. Last thing. Uh, and this, I'm going to put you on the spot here. And if you haven't watched film, I get it. Uh, and you haven't studied enough, I get it. Um, because we, I'm taking you to high school now. Taking you to high school. Um, tonight on NBC Sports Network, Arch Manning. We get, to, we get to watch Arch Manning. So before we're watching Tom Brady, we get to see Arch Manning in person. I get to scout. I get to scout a, a five-star prospect that every college is drooling over, right? Um, have you got a chance yeah, to see yeah. him at all? What do you know about him? I've only seen a few Instagram clips of him. And he look, sounds like the real deal. We know he's got the bloodlines. What do you know about him? And right. what should I look for tonight when I'm scouting Arch Manning? I, well, I'm with you. Like, I, I don't know a lot about him. I've only seen highlights and things on Instagram just like you. But I, I like his motion. I like the way the ball comes out of his hands. And he looks like he's a pretty damn good athlete to go along with it. You know, he's skinny as a rail. But that doesn't mean anything. I mean, I was skinny as a rail, too, when I was a junior and senior in high school. He's going to fill out and be a big, strong guy like Eli, Payton, the rest of the family. So, yeah, I mean, to me, it, it, this is not one of those things where I look at and go, oh, well, he's one of the top recruiter, uh, quarterbacks in the nation just because his last name's Manning. No, the clips I've seen, I've gone, no, he's one of the top quarterbacks in the country because he's got skills, and it just happens to be that his last name is Manning. So, Yes, thoroughly impressed. I mean, hey, listen, of all the high school quarterbacks that I've seen over the last year, and I just really go off of Instagram, that dude that went to Ohio State, Clint Ewers or whatever, I'm going to butcher his name, doesn't disrespect, yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. The, the most talented arm I've seen in high school in a while to where that made me go, wow. But I didn't even know that we were airing that program tonight, and I will try to tune in and watch that a little bit because I'd like to see a little Arch Manning. All right, cool, well, man. Hey, listen, um, I'll text. That's great. I'll text you. I'll text you because I know the text thread has been kind of quiet because you know you and Michael Holly don't have nothing to talk about because Holly's socks are in the ALCS. So oh, I mean, you, the text thread has been a little lonely, been a little dry. So I'll get the group chat going about going. Arch Manning tonight. All hey, right, let's do that. Let's get it going because look, hey, hey, fellas. I don't like you. And Mike, <laughs> Holly, Holly said you're going to get me a jersey. Get me a jersey. And Michael Smith. You, you don't have the greatest reputation for text. I'm just letting you know. You haven't entered a text in that yet. You haven't entered one text in that chain. That's so, true. you know, you got to show me you can actually get observer. involved in the conversation. Okay. Okay. I'll get some sophisticated combo going. How about that? <laughs> I'll okay. tell you all okay. this, though. Can I tell you all this on the way out? Arch Manning cannot yeah. save Michael Smith's fantasy football team, nor can he save the Yankees. Ooh. See you later. Peace. <laughs> Go home. I don't like Go you. See you later. For Peace. For the year. See. For Bye. the year. And, oh. and they're bringing back Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone's coming back. Bye, Michael Smith. Bye, Michael Smith. Screw you, Holly. Screw you. See exactly. you later. That was a meaty yeah, segment exactly. right there. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you. See you no in the problem. league championship good, series. Enjoy the LCS. I'm just thinking for all those that are dealing with similar things that I'm dealing with, you know, you got to put your livelihood on the line in order for a mandate that you don't necessarily agree with all the way. Like nobody should be forced to do anything with their bodies. Nobody should be forced to do anything with their bodies. Like you only get one of these. If you choose to give vaccine, I support you. 
If you choose to be unvaccinated, I support you. Do what's best for you. But that doesn't mean go around and start judging people for what they're doing with their lives. You know, like, I'm going to continue to serve others. I'm going to continue to be me. I'm going to continue to be there for people that, that need the resources, that need the information or need access to different things. You know, it's, it's, it's big fights out here for social issues. You know, we still got racism going on. We still got violence going on. We still got social injustice going on. And to process all that and still go out there and entertain, it's not the easiest job. You know, like I'm I'm human. I feel all these things. I, I don't just go home and just be thinking about ball all the time. Like, who do that's not reality. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's really not reality. If you go home and you only thinking about your your entertainment or your job or or, or what's what's what you gotta handle. You know, like the reality is that if you truly connected to the source, to the creator. You're going to care about others, sometimes more than you care about yourself. Uh, Michael, I told you earlier, um, okay, Kyrie. Uh, he broke his silence. He broke me down. I'm trying to live my best life, and I ain't going back and forth with you. You know what? I'm not talking about him being unvaccinated. I'm talking ball, and who better to talk ball with than Vincent Goodwill? Vincent Goodwill from Yahoo Sports, tell me what the fallout is from the Nets reportedly pulling I thought you Kyrie were about to say Irving's something else. I thought, no. Didn't you, didn't you, Vinny? I thought you were about what to say something else. The way, the F? The way he's talking about, tell me what the fallout, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But, but from the reported, the Nets reported decision to not only say we don't, we're not interested in a part-time player, we are pulling his extension offer, reportedly. Wow. I want to know what the fallout is from that decision. And you know what? I'll, I'll go two-part question, Vinny, and you can settle something for me and Michael early. I'll cheat. Sorry, Sawatsky. I'll cheat. Um, I actually think not only will the Nets be fine, but it might actually be a little bit easier having one less mouth to feed with Kyrie Irving, given the star power and the depth that they have besides him. But take it away, Vinny. The what the fallout is because Michael Smith I thought the <laughs> F word was going to be something totally different. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you because uh, I, I know how annoyed you were by Kyrie Irving's um, shenanigans, shall we say. Instagram live shenanigans were last night. What it means is they may have to trade him regardless of what everybody thinks. The fact is if you pull an extension offer because he's completely unreliable, not just unreliable in a basketball sense, but unreliable in terms of being there. Like, he, like think about it like this. James Harden acted a plum fool this time last year, right? Partying with the baby in Vegas, unmasked, all this other crazy stuff trying to get out of Houston. And even he's like, yo, man, Kyrie Irving kind of tripping here. You know, what I mean? you know how bad you have to be for James Harden to say that you tripping? Like, that is the status of where things sit. And secondly, I think you're right. Because, look, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, I mean, Kevin Durant and James Harden, mind you, are two of the maybe 10 best players in basketball. And let's be perfectly honest, while Kyrie Irving told James Harden, you're the point guard last year, and that wound up working out, Kyrie Irving changes his mind a lot. There's no guarantee that he was going to be okay 
going with that program this year because we don't have a whole lot of evidence for how those three played together last year to say, oh yeah, they got the connective tissue, they've got the sweat equity, all they have to do is stay healthy this year. I think it's going to make for a more cohesive basketball unit and less drama and less nonsense. And if Kyrie gets the jab, you know what that means? Hey guys, we got somebody we can trade. Okay, I, I just, I, I just want to get this straight. Why, why so? Why so perplexed? Why are you so perplexed, Michael Holly? What's, I, I am. What's I, wrong? I am. I'm just. What's wrong? I'm having today? a hard time with this. I'm having a hard time with this. I'm having a hard time with this, Vinny. So we uh, just so I have this straight. The Brooklyn Nets are so talented. They're so talented and so above everybody else that they can afford to get a 26 point per game score, a 50% shooter from the field, a 40% shooter from three point range. One of the 25 best players in the NBA. They can say goodbye to him and still have enough to win a championship easily. It, is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Really? Easily? I, yeah, I won't say. I won't say easily, but I think they are the favorite, and here's why: because all three Still, of them, even without main, Kyrie, yes, their main I told talent. You that earlier. This this is not that hard. When you think about big threes, usually you're saying the third guy has to take a step back and do other things. If Kyrie is that third guy and he's taking a step back to do other things like rebound, facilitate, that's not his thing. He's not Chris Bosh. He's not Draymond Green. He's not Klay Thompson, where Klay could at least defend defend the best perimeter player and provide value somewhere else. They have a surplus of scoring. They might be one of the most explosive offensive teams in the history of basketball and still be okay without Kyrie Irving. Like, I don't see... You, right. you tell me. You you tell me, Michael Holly, who beating them? Yeah. If they're healthy. Brooklyn. I mean, with, Milwaukee. Without oh, Kyrie Irving. Don't ask Please, don't ask me Ooh. that question. Ooh, who oh, beat him last year? Come on. Who beat him last year, fellas? Oh, who beat him last year? Oh, Giannis. Giannis Finny. is supposed to step aside and let Brooklyn be special because you know Giannis. Not at all. You walk right into that championship. Trap, no, no, no. But here's here's the thing, and I'm not going to disrespect the champs, and I do think that Milwaukee is going to play this season with an air of superiority, an air of freedom, but you want lightning to strike twice. Like, if you're going to tell me that James Harden, who never gets hurt, who eats up minutes in games like Pac-Man, if you're going to tell me that he's going to get hurt again, all right, cool, even though that's never been in his history. If you're going to tell me that Kevin Durant well, is not the Kevin Durant that we saw, wait, wait, wait. If you want to tell me that Kevin Durant that, that we saw last year, the Kevin Durant that looks recovered from the Achilles injury, if you're going to tell me that he's going to take a step back, all right, cool. If you're going to tell me that Steve Nash is not the coach that maybe he should be, okay, fine. But all three of those things, Michael Holly, whatever green that you are on today, I suggest you get a better batch. Hey, hey, Michael Smith. Hey, I told you, I told you about some of my favorite poets. Didn't I tell you, Mike Smith? I told you about Terrence Hayes and Rita Dove and Lizzo. I'm gonna throw in another one, Vincent Goodwill, because the poet Vincent Goodwill came on here a couple weeks ago talking about. James Harden's history in the playoffs. I didn't say that. You did. Gary, I did. we got it in case you missed it from Vinny. Somebody, hey, remember uh, game seven, Harden doesn't show up. So you can't yep. stake your championship hopes on a guy who you said, you said it, I didn't. Uh -huh. A little sketchy when the, po in the postseason comes uh -huh. around. Aha. Uh -huh. uh -huh. All contra, all contra uh -huh. Here's the difference. 
The difference is I'm not asking James Harden to be my best player. I'm not asking James Harden to carry the bulk of my offense in a game seven when he went two for 13 or when he had eight turnovers. That's what Kevin Durant is for. So if you have doubts about James Harden being a second option, okay, fine. I'll eat that. I'll take that. But I am saying if it comes down to Kevin Durant with a little bit better help, a little more support and cast, a better fitting roster with or without Kyrie Irving, okay, cool. I'll bet I'll take my chances with that. That's not betting against Giannis. That's not betting against the Bucks and everything. That's not even saying that they're a fluke. I think it's still going to be a pretty close playoff series, all things considered. But can we go back, y'all? Can we go back to that Kyrie sound? Because I, 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 got, I got questions. I got questions that need answers. Oh, no. I, right. I really don't want to, Vinny. I no, I, I just I mean, yeah, really I do, it, do it, man. Come on, I got come questions on. that need answers. Like, like, the moral of the story is that Kyrie Irving is a luxury, not a necessity. Also, the lesson here, Vinny, I mean, you watch this show. This ain't your first rodeo. Don't let this stubborn troll pull you in to his. I mean, he, he's, like a, he's, like a, he's like a trap. He's like, he's like a, he's like a trap. He's just, like, don't, mm-hmm. You got to ignore him, man. You go, no, he, no. He, he, he's taking you right where he's like, nice. no. No, 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 not being nice. Michael Smith now. You, 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 Michael, it's like talking Michael's to Kyrie Irving. Cool. It's like Vinny, talking to it's Kyrie like Irving. Talking to Ky- it's like trying to reason with Kyrie Irving, Vinny. That's you can't what, reason. I mean, don't do you it. Can't, you can't. No, here, here, no, here's my question about Kyrie, about Kyrie's IG live. Kyrie says that, you know, he's a voice of the voiceless, right? You want to know why people are voiceless? Because they're dead. That's why. That's what I said. Because they're dead, Michael Holly. You want to know Kyrie saying, you know, all these people, there's still all these things going on. He wants to speak up for people and everything else. You know how you help humanity? By getting a vaccine so you can't transmit it, you can't catch it as easily as other people. That's how you help humanity. Kyrie Irving is a walking riddle. I told you before, Shaquille Sunflower pushes on doors to say pull and then gets mad at the door. A man who falls asleep on the floor cannot fall out of the bed. That is Kyrie Irving. Why are we as a basketball community giving him all of this space? It's unfortunate that That's what you're today. doing. You're right. You're stop. right. This is it. Benny, I tried to stop it. you. You're doing it. it. I, 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 I said earlier in the show, we're not talking about him in the vaccine no more. What did I ask you about? I asked you about basketball, about the guys that are there. You wrote this a week it. ago or two weeks ago. You said it's 96% vaccinated. Why are we giving this guy all this oxygen? So, Vinny, can we move on? I don't mean to cut you off, bro, because you're cooking. But let's Moving let's on. start right now. Let's commit. Let's, let's, let's commit to on. one another. That because they ain't trying to Kyrie and his people and his followers and his sheep. Because everybody else is a, is a sheep and Kyrie's a wolf. Kyrie and mm-hmm. his sheep, they ain't trying to hear it. So let's just let's just let it go. You said you're let's, gonna let's move on yesterday. You let's brought it up today, Mike Smith. Let's let it go. Let it go. My bad. My bad. Let's just let it go and just walk away. Let let it, let it be a love. Meanwhile, TKO. in let's Philadelphia. Okay. Thank you, Vinny. And meanwhile, in Philadelphia, Doc Rivers said that Ben Simmons might join the team in Detroit tomorrow. Um, he, once he goes through his protocols, is it just going to be all good for the time being with, between Ben and Phil? Like, it's like, hey, man, good to see y'all. I mean, Danny Green talking about, hey, we ain't got to apologize to do his job. Are they really just going to get back together and keep it pushing? Or it, does Ben have some drama up his sleeve that we're not thinking about? I don't know if Ben has some drama up his sleeve. He doesn't strike me as a complicated figure in that way. If he's there, you know, I think he's going to play. The problem is 
both sides need each other. Ben Simmons is not a luxury, unlike Kyrie Irving for the Philadelphia 76ers. The 76ers have the likes, they have the likes of, you know, Shake <laughs> Milton, who's a good point guard, Tyrese Maxey. You know, they don't have someone who can take that place and say, you know what, from a defensive standpoint, from a ball handling standpoint, from a dynamic standpoint, we have somebody that can take your place. They don't. So if Ben Simmons comes back, they're going to have to welcome him back with open arms. This ain't put it like this. This ain't going to be like Savon welcoming his wife back into the crib after she cussed him out and told him to get it together. This ain't going to be that. You know what I mean? This is going to be a marriage <laughs> of convenience. Oh, my God. I love Man. you, Vinny. You know why I love you, Vinny? Because I'm, wait a minute. I, this is why we here. Get him, get him there. Get, get him there. But we here. Because when I say just let it go and walk away, is that what inspired you to go love Jones just now? Dog. Just, you know what, Michael? I took last week off. You take a week off, and me and Vinny go just vibe together. How about that? Because me and Vinny just feel each other right now. This is, see, Michael, Michael can't keep up with these, these Love Jones references right now. So. First of all, first of all, I was living Love Jones while y'all was watching it. One. That's two. True. You, were, you were in poetry joints. Um, yeah, you were. Two, you took last week off. I just be grinding, bro. I just be grinding. <laughs> I'm in there. I'm in there. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, that's one on. way to put it. Uh, but uh, well, oh, ooh, okay. All right. Um, so Benny, <laughs> I want to, I want to ask you about this. We talked a lot about, we talked a lot about uh, Brooklyn and Philly in the East. we talked a lot about the Lakers in the West. Give me somebody. Is it Phoenix? Give me somebody in the West who can, uh, who can knock off the Lakers that you, that maybe we're not paying enough attention to, but you're saying, Oh, wait a minute. Don't sleep on them. That's a nice little squad right there. Or does anybody fit that description? Why are we assuming that someone has to knock off the Lakers? They're old. Like, we have to assume that they're going to be healthy. Odds are they'll be good. But the odds on them being healthy, keep this in mind, too. They have a new point guard. His name is Russell Westbrook. I'm sure you guys have seen his movies. Russell Westbrook, in his last two stops (laughs) in Houston and in Washington, Get off to really, really slow starts. It took him a while to find his rhythm to get going in there. And once he got going, it was fine. Once he got going, he had strong finishes to the end of the season. It didn't mean anything, but he had strong finishes to the end of the season. Can the Lakers afford to get off to a slower start this year with all of these old guys? You got 11 new players. You got LeBron in year 19. I saw Carmelo the other night catch and shoot. Every time he caught the ball, he shot it. Every time he shot the ball, he missed it. Who he's going? Who is he going to defend? Like I, I got a lot of questions about their roster as a whole before you even go to you know the Utahs or the Denver's or Golden State or anybody else. The Western Conference as a whole is flawed. Like no team in the West. The West is like the East. Maybe it was five years ago, where you had a bunch of good teams in the East and you thought, you know what, if things break right, but Kawhi Leonard is out. Jamal Murray is out. Klay Thompson is still out. You have a lot more questions than you do answers. And I don't know if I'm ready to believe in the quarter, in the Utah Jazz at this point yet. So I'm still waiting to see how this plays out. And the team that I'm picking as a sleeper, Michael Holly, the Kawhi Leonard list, Los Angeles Clippers. They're going to be better than you think. The Clippers, we believe. They're going to be better than you think. We believe. They're going to be better than you think. Wow. We believe in the Clippers. Okay. 
Hey, listen. I love it. Vinny, save what those predictions. We're going to leave that there. We're going to leave that there. Because, no, because Tuesday is tip-off. And Tuesday is going to be like a like a three-man weave, pretty much. Okay. Like, de facto okay. Vinny Goodwill special. Because you're going to help us preview the, se- the season on Tuesday night. So we'll see you not a week from today, as usual, for Feel Good Will Fridays. Uh, but we're going to see you on Tuesday for t- uh, prior to tip-off of the Can I get a better graphic? season. Because the picture they what got from me is like five years ago that they that they had of me when I was doing the show. That was like 2014. I looked like a baby so, in the face. Can you send us a, send us a new picture? I got, send I, us a new I picture. Gotta, I, I'll send y'all a grown man version of, of, of the send, video. Send us the picture you know I mean? that Yahoo is using for the, for what is it, Good Word with Goodwill? Send, yeah, a, yeah. send, us, uh, send us that. Yeah, well, I peeped you. I'm, I'm seeing you. I see them checks. I see you getting them checks. I'm not mad at you. I peeped you. They they wising up. They know who their star is. We'll see you Tuesday, bro. Hey, Thank you. Send you a, going up, baby. Send you a, Yesterday's price is not today's Send you one price. of those prime pictures. <laughs> send, send a homecoming picture. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Mark Davis, I think, had a tough time. He had a tough week. He had to gather facts. He had to do his due diligence. And since the day I took this job almost three years ago, what Mr. Davis has preached has been three things. It's been diversity, social justice, and domestic violence. So when we go into drafts, if there's a guy with any a history, with any, any of those type of things, I'm in Mr. Davis's office trying to show him what's going on whether or not we've done our due diligence on that guy and whether that not that person should be in this building. He's been consistent with his messaging. And in regards to the John Gruden situation, we all respect his decisions, and we're going to move ahead accordingly. As far as the team is concerned, bottom line, we're three and two. It's week six. You know, a lot of these interim head coach deals over the years, it's like week 15, and guys are already packing their bags. That's not the case here. All of our goals are ahead of us. Three and two, one game out of the AFC lead. The focus has got to be on Denver. We have a good team. We're a three and two team. It's, it's not like we've gone through some type of a bad cycle and all of a sudden there's been a change. And it's the end of the season and the season's over. We have 12 games. We feel like we have a lot of time. We feel like all our goals are still in front of us. And uh, my message to the team was really about um, the team and them, their goals are still alive, uh, and we'll see what transpires as we go forward. Don't get me wrong. I, I love the man, right? Um, you know, and I, uh, you know, I hate, you know, uh, you know, you hate, you hate the sin, you know, like for me, you hate for anybody. No one's perfect. You know, if we just started opening up everybody's private emails and texts, you know, people would start sweating a little bit. You see what I'm saying? Um, Hopefully, hopefully not too many, you know, uh, but maybe that's what they should do for all coaches and GMs and owners from now on is open up. You got to open up everything, you know, see what happens. Um, but 
you hate you hate the action. You hate it. Um, you're not supposed to like it, uh, but you love the person. And I love the person. You know, I've grew. I've grown to love him uh, so much. Didn't quite love the Raiders' reactions that I saw yesterday. Carl was the best, if you ask no. me. Um, not a good. The job. worst by not far good. was Mark Davis. I have no comment. Ask the NFL. I have no comment. They have all the answers. That's what you call the wrong answer. But Michael, before yes, we job. react to the Raiders' fumble, here's the right answer. Okay, let me let's let's play the right answer, and then at the end of the show, okay, we'll talk about uh, how much the Raiders have have done wrong. This is how you do it. This is the right answer, honestly, thoughtfully, but it's not rehearsed, and that came from Brandon Staley with the Chargers. You know, I think that respect and trust in this world are are really really difficult to achieve, and I think about all the people that were affected by those emails. Um, whether you're a person of color, whether you're a person, uh, you know, a gender, um, your sexual orientation, the people that were affected by those emails, that's who I'm thinking about, you know, because it's a sacred mantle for someone to call you coach or someone to call you a leader. Um, and trust is really, really hard to achieve in this world. It's really, really challenging to achieve. And especially with people with those groups that I just mentioned. All right. And people are really guarded. All right. And they're skeptical. Uh, of people because of emails like that. And I just think that, you know, kindness and lifting people up and respecting people you don't know. um, I just think that, you know, that's such a big part of our thing here is listening to people and learning about people, because I think what you'll discover is that we have so much more in common than not. And I think that, um, you know, for someone like me, you know, it's just incumbent upon you to set the example every single day so that people, um, that were, you know, talked about in those emails that they don't need to feel that way. They shouldn't feel that way. And it's, you know, hopefully, you know, all of us can learn from this, that it's about bringing people together for me uh, so that people can become, you know, the people that they dream about. And I think that, um, you know, for me, uh, you know, leading this football team and being someone, hopefully we can, you know, be a light for those people in those emails that not everybody's like that, 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 that there's far more people that will love you than, the opposite and hopefully um, this will be a, a chance for everybody to come together. You know, you know, Mike, I'll just say this quickly because I think we need to we really need to spend some time on this and whether it's tomorrow or even next week or we do it every day, it's fine. The Raiders don't get it. The Raiders don't get it. And I will say the biggest problem with them is that they think they're talking about football. <clears throat> The number one thing I would say to them, Mike, is forget that you're talking to football players because part of Mike Mayock's message was to football players. We're still in three and and two. We got our goals in front of us. We don't want to hear that. You're a business, and the business has been rocked by one of the leaders of the business being straight up ignorant and trifling. You've got to address that and tell the community that you get the pain involved. They don't get it. Brandon Staley does. We got to talk about it much more uh, in depth, in, in yeah, a much more in depth way. Well, we will tomorrow and going forward. Well, we will. You know, and you know, and you know why we will? Because the league as a whole doesn't get it. This goes back to what we talked about with Washington trying to use Sean Taylor to deflect and for good PR uh, with the league 
not wanting to open itself up to litigation by violating the confidentiality agreement that they have pre-investigation with the football team. Demora Smith spoke to this yesterday with our boy Bavani Jones. Now it's not just Gruden's words or anybody else's words. Where did their actions influence hiring opportunities? Look at yep. Gruden's history with black players, black coaches, or lack thereof. This right. goes deep, and we ain't letting this go. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.